This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Okay, very important topic that we spoke and we touched upon last week. Last week, we spoke about the importance of having a Mashgiach Kashrut. Why is it that you need to have a Mashgiach Kashrut? Maybe it's enough to walk into a restaurant or to any other place that sells you any food, for instance, a caterer. If you know the person that is a religious person, you don't need to have Mashgiach Kashrut. Why do you need to have Mashgiach Kashrut? We dwelled into the sugya, Machloket, the Shulchan Aruch, and the Rema. If you can rely on somebody that has no Cheskat Kashrut, but he's not a Chashud. What does it mean, Cheskat Kashrut? Which means you don't have basic knowledge about him. That the, that's the way the Ruch HaShulchan explains. That he prays in Shur, he's Maniach Tfilin, he sends his children to Talmud Torah. If you know that, that's good enough. That's considered a kosher person, and you can rely on such a person. And according to the Shulchan Aruch, you don't even need that. As long as he's not Chashud, you're allowed to go and eat by him in his restaurant, in his grocery, whatever it is. According to the Ramah, Ramah takes it a step higher. He says that you need to have that Cheskat Kashrut that I just explained right now. Today, the Poskim say that you need to have Cheskat Kashrut even according to the Shulchan Aruch, and you need to have a Hashgacha. And there's different reasons why you need to have Hashgacha. We spoke in length, Mamash in length, if anybody wants to hear it. We said different opinions, whether it was a Takana of our Baratzot with the Igeret, whether it's the opinion of Belsky that explains that whenever you are in a place that is a caterer or somebody that sells to the public, there's always uh, a lot of, it's very tense and things could get mixed up and mistakes could happen and easily things can go wrong. And because of that, you'll need to have a hashgacha. Others say different reasons for the purpose of hashgacha. We spoke about that in length. Today, we want to speak about a mashgiach kashrut that you'll find most common mashgiach kashrut. Who's the most common mashgiach kashrut that you'll find? You're saying oh, OU. Any other suggestions? More common, much more common, the mashgiach kashrut. Mashgiach kashrut that you'll find that's extremely common and has a very big obligation and responsibility, as we'll see right now, is... Every wife in her kitchen. Every wife in her kitchen is a mashgiach kashrut. She is the one that's providing the food. She's not any different than a mashgiach kashrut in a hall, in a wedding hall. On the contrary, if anything, it's much worse. Because a mashgiach in a, in a hall is, is, is mashgiach in such a way that it's mashgiach for others. Over here, she's giving for her own family. And because of that, she's, she's, she's the children that that's, she's raising, if you give them something that's not kosher, we know the effect. I have a shiur that explains the effect of the food on a person. If you're eating something that's not kosher, then your kids can't understand the line in yeshiva, and you go and you speak to the rabbi, and you speak to the menal, and you complain, and you cry, and you say, why is that? And even pray, and you go to shul, and you... And you Say uh, you finish the Tehillim and you don't understand why it is. And it's openly in Chazal and in the Torah that when you eat something that's not kosher, it's metamtem alev. It clogs your understanding, spiritual understanding. Then the, the, the kid goes to yeshiva and everybody else understands the Gemara and the reading and it's fluent. 
and he just doesn't get it. He don't get it. What's going on over here? And he comes back home and he tells mommy, I don't understand what everybody will learn. Okay, after a while, they try to find him help. They try to find him a different school. It, that's the way it is. But we need to understand that there's an effect on the food. And when we're talking about the mashgir kashrut in a house, she's feeding her husband. Her husband is the one that's leading the house, spirituality leading, besides everything else. But he's coming home and he's, he's spreading the Torah and he's saying what he learns and he comes on Shabbat. And if she's giving him something that's poisonous to his spirituality, then don't complain afterwards when things don't go wrong. Oh, my husband, he doesn't have time to learn. He doesn't, he doesn't have interest. He doesn't say any uh, Torah on the table right after the children fall asleep. Well, that's already by, because of the children. But even without the children, before I feed him the children, just on the, he's not interested. Why is that? It could be. It could very much be according to what the Torah says, according to what the Chazal says, according to the Zohar, according to Rambam, according to Orchayim HaKadosh. Many, many, many sources. Extremely important to know that the food has that influence. If anybody wants to hear it, we have a shiur explaining that in details. And today we want to speak about this mashgir kashrut that all of us have in a house called a wife or a mother. This is important, mashgir kashrut. Now, that mashgir kashrut has three things, just like any other mashgir kashrut has to have. What are those three things that a mashgir must have in order to make sure that the food is kosher? One is a certain level of iracha mind. As we explained before, it needs to have cheskat kashrut. It needs to be a certain level of iracha mind. That means that when you go to the store and you buy something, if you have no iracha mind, you find something a little bit cheaper, you grab it. You have something along the way that seems to be more delicious and it's going to fit your recipe better, you grab it. Something goes wrong in the kitchen, no, no, you close an eye and let it go. You already worked on this for three, four, five hours. What are you going to do? What are you going to do now? Throw the whole dish? My husband is coming in half an hour home. The kids are coming home. They need to eat. That's Yerat Shemaim. Secondly, Mashgir uh, Kashrut has to have the basic knowledge in Halakha. If you don't know what you're looking for, you could have the biggest Yerat Shemaim in the world, but you don't know the, the, the basics. So you come to the table and you have right now things that could go wrong and you don't even know. You go to the, to the store to shop and you're buying things that could be that they're not kosher. You don't even know. It has ashgacha. It could be that those ashgachot don't apply over here, don't apply there. They're not as good. You're buying all kinds of things that are infested. And you think it's good. You're buying things that could be that they're good, but that when you put them with something else, it clashes. It's no good. You look at the ingredients. You, there's, there's places in the world, I told you about this, that they don't have kashrut. What do they do? They go to the supermarket. If they see the ingredients doesn't have anything that they don't recognize, it doesn't look like something no good, they buy it. I saw people like that, that they, 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 brought, they came from other places in the world, and they had a candy box, and he doesn't have kashrut. They, they offered me a candy. I'm like, okay, where's the kashrut? He says, no, in the old ingredients, I know them. So that's good enough. Is it good enough? One minute. When you're buying something, you have so many different issues that could be in that 
item that you're buying that could be problematic and it's not going to show you in the ingredients. Why is that? First of all, you have things that are less than 2% and all you have to write in the ingredients is things that are 2% of more. If it's less than 2%, you don't have to write it by law. Logically, one out of 60 that we hold that it's not kosher, it's less than that 2%. Secondly, there's things that are called ma'amid that we need to learn. What is ma'amid? I don't know. If you don't know, you can't be a mashgiach kashrut. Ya habibi. You're going to, to, to get a mashgiach kashrut job. And if the person that's hiring you is an honest, truthful person, he'll ask you basic things. But what's a ma'amid? What's a ma'amid? Never heard of that. Okay? It's davar kharif. Davar kharif could be there. Davar ma'amid is not batel afilu be'elef. Davar kharif is not batel afilu be'elef. Could be that that box of food that you're buying has that. You don't know what it is. You look at him in a puzzled face. It's a problematic. It's not. It's not. It's it's it's, it's an issue. How could you be a mashgiach? How could you take responsibility when you don't know the basics? It could be that that thing that you're buying has a problem of bishulakum and so on. Afiyatakum. Fiatakum maybe is less of a problem somewhere. Sometimes it could be mekel, but bishulakum and so on and so forth. Very very. Uh, various things that could be problematic. So a woman has to have, as a mashgir kashrut, the knowledge and the irat but she also has to have responsibility, which means sometimes a person has the two things. He has the irat and he has the knowledge. But it doesn't have, he's a lenient person, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that it goes hand in hand, irat and the responsibility. It's a certain character trait, it's a certain midah that I have responsibility. I have something in front of me and I need to know it's mutar, it's asur. Now it comes to the kitchen. It could be that I bought everything with the best hashgachot, but things in the kitchen don't go right. I put things in the wrong way. I make a taref. I, I, I had a cleaning lady, a, 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 a woman that's not Jewish that helped me cook. Could be that it made it bishulakum. Uh, um, okay, so you call the rabbi. He tells you it's no good. You throw it out. One minute. What about... The pot that she was cooking it, the pen, she made eggs. Many people don't even occur to them that, you know, she has a cleaning lady a whole day. She has a, a, a woman in the house helping her out in all different ways. So she needs to cook for herself. She only cooks the eggs to herself. She eats the eggs, not us. So what's the problem with that? Is there a problem? Why should it be a problem? Most people tell me, of course not. She's, she's cooking for herself. She cleans the pot, all good. The truth is, eggs is considered bishulakum. She cooked in your pot or your pen something that became bishulakum, which means your pen became right now treif. And most people don't know it. Do you know that the poskim, it's a, it's a problem to leave your cleaning lady home alone? There's ways to be lenient, but you need to know the basic halachod, when to be lenient and when not. So you need to have those three things. Now, when you have those three things, it's something that comes with a lot of knowledge. It's not enough that you take things lenient and you don't know those things. When a, it used to be, it used to be in previous generations that women were very knowledgeable and therefore they didn't need to go and learn, learn in depth. You don't need to be a Talmid Chacham in, and, and know the entire halachot of basar v'chalav and get semicha in order to cook in the kitchen. But you have to know certain level of, of, of halachot. So because of that, the Rema brings down, in halacha, in shulchan aruch, siman resh mem vav, 
that a woman has that responsibility. A woman is obligated to learn the laws that apply to a woman. Even more so, if they apply to a woman in the kitchen or on Shabbat, what are you doing wrong that you could be Mechalel Shabbat and you're feeding your husband and your children and your guests things that are, you didn't even think that could be problematic. This halacha in Shulchan Aruch. And now, you'll find many sources that bring that down. First of all, a famous Gemara in Chagigat of Gimel. The Gemara says about the Pasuk, Hakel et ha'am anashim anashim ve'ataf. Which is a mitzvah of hakel, which is after the seventh year, every seventh year, in the end of the seventh year, on Chag Sukkot, the entire nation would come to Yerushalayim to hear the king reading the Torah, Mishneh Torah, and they would also learn over there. Why would they come? Says the Gemara, Anashim ba'im lilmod. Men come to learn. Nashim ba'ot lishmoa. Women come to hear. What do they come to hear? They hear the halachot that apply to them. Tosfot says, Mitzvah lehem lishmoa kedei lekayem ha-mitzvot. If you don't know how you're supposed to be mekayem ha-mitzvot, you must know. Nikmarayin Sadedrin Tzadik Dalet says, Shebeimei Chizkiyahu ha-melech, Badku midan vaad be'er sheva, Lo matzu ish ve'isha, Tinok ve'tinoket shelo yubkiim bilchot tumah ve'tahara. Why? Tumah ve'tahara you're supposed to apply to them. So every woman, even children, Knew all the Ilchot Tumah V'tarad, which are extremely hard. Today, the Zechidim Bador that know, they used to know them, because it applies to them, so they had to know. Sefer Hasidim brings down in Shin Yud Gimel, that Achayav Adam Lelamedet Bnotav HaMitzvot HaShayachot Lehem. It's an obligation to teach your daughters, to teach the women, to teach your wives the laws that apply to them. And what Chazal say, that Amlamedet Bitot Urak Yilu Limdat Tiflut, which means... The Alakha in Reshmen Vav brings down that learning sometimes, uh, teaching a woman sometimes, is not a positive thing, it's a negative thing. But that's only, says the Sefer Hasidim, and the Shukhan Aruch says like that, that that's only Omeka Talmud Vesodot Torah. If she has to learn the Gemara, if she has to learn Torah Shebe'al Peh in depth, that is something that is a negative thing, it's better not. But a mitzvot, says the Sefer Hasidim, Tzarich Lelamda, Shim Lo Teda Elchot Shabbat, Ech Tishmur Shabbat Kilchato. And this is what we see from that, uh, from Chizkiyahu, and from this, Akel et Aam. So very important to understand that. Now, sometimes you have a wife that a big mind, and she has all the things that we explain right now. She has the knowledge, she has the responsibility, she has everything. But she's, she, her husband is not such... She has a husband that's not so careful. It's called the chashud. Chashud is something problematic. You have to understand. When we learn, where do we learn the whole halachot that you can rely on a person? You have a person that's telling you that something's kosher. You're allowed to eat. He tells you, come, I have, I have something for you. I have a piece of chicken. Come, let's eat. Who made this? I made it. My wife made it. No problem. Let's eat it. How could you rely on the person saying that? Maybe it's not kosher. How could you rely on that? He tells you that this pizza is kosher. You know how many things would be in pizza that are not kosher? So many different things. He tells you it's kosher. How do you know you can rely on him? The Gemara says, in Gidin, Dafbet, and in Chulin, Dafyud, which means 
we rely on a woman, whatever she says, that is the halacha, and we don't have any questions. This is the halacha, and she's 100% reliable with that. That is the opinion of Rashi. Tosfot has a different opinion, different reason. He says that the reason we rely on one ed, one witness, one person that tells you what it is, because we see the Torah permitted people to offer others food, Trumot, Masrot, could be problematic. Shechita could be problematic. Veshachatet ben Abakar, and you can eat from it. Vezavachta kasher tziviticha, and you could eat from it. Says Tosfot, if you, if, if you would have to put a dim every time somebody offers you something, how the Torah says such things? Rather, you see that the Torah doesn't obligate you to go and be and put over there witnesses to see that he shechted correctly and he, he koshered, he salted the, the, the meat, and he kosher the, the, the fruits with the trumot and mazon. You don't need any of that. Why? That is all true. That we learn from a wife, from a woman. A woman. This is learned from a woman, which means she has that. She's the model of a, of somebody that has that responsibility, and we give her the full, the full. Chazkat uh, kashrut, uh, just just based on her words. She said it's kosher. Finish whatever she says. The safra la, it's good enough from here to learn edichad neiman bisurim from her. But she can also lose that chazkat kashrut by either lying or by do, making a, 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 a serious mistake. Which means if a woman doesn't know what she's doing, of course she doesn't have chazkat kashrut. If a woman doesn't know the basic things, of course she doesn't have cheskat kashrut. But what happens if a woman has cheskat kashrut and her husband doesn't? He's a chashud. If she's a chashud, oy avoy. You can't eat over there. It's a problem. It's a serious problem. That's what I'm saying. It's so important that this mashgiach called a wife should have all these things that we're speaking to right now. It's not something that she can take lightly. But what happens in the, if she does have and the husband doesn't? We found a kafachaim in Siman Kuf Yutet Chet. He says like this, Achashud lechol dvarim asurim ve'esh lo yishai rat Hashem. The husband is somebody who's chashud. The wife has irat shamaim. Ve'im ashgicha ala mitbach. She's responsible on the kitchen. It's her authority over there. She takes care of it. Nobody. She's a mashgich because she's a tafi. In outside, she's the sweetest. Comes to the kitchen. Hey, what's this? Where'd you buy this from? Let me see. No good. In the garbage. So that's who she is. He mashgicha ala mitbach levilti yotcha meruv maachalot asurot. Nira shemutar liitarach bevetam velechol misudatam. It's always a question. Somebody offers you to come to their house to the for Shabbat meal. Right? You're out of town. Or Bachurim in Yeshiva. And somebody tells you, Tfaddal, come, come to me on Shabbat. So you say, of course. Then you start having doubts. One minute, I'm going to him for Shabbat. I don't know anything about him. Is it kosher? Is it not kosher? Do they know? If, even if they buy kosher, I know that they bought kosher. Sometimes they tell you, listen, my, my wife buys everything from that store. It's all glad with all the best tachsherim. Do you feel good? Oh, Baruch Hashem. One minute. That is true. But what happens in the kitchen? Are the pots kosher? Are the oven kosher? The, the ingredients kosher? Kosher. Sometimes you can make the ingredients treif. Sometimes you can make the spices treif. Sometimes you can make your urn treif. Some, all kind of things that could go wrong in the kitchen. If you don't know, 
So you go to such a person and you need to... So normally we say that if a person looks like Adam Kasher and you don't have any... It doesn't look like suspicion in any... You don't see suspicion in any way. You don't see that it's Amaretz. So then you could, you could let it go. What happens in such a scenario? The wife is a mashgichat kashrut in the kitchen. And by the way, can a woman be mashgichat kashrut overall? Can a woman serve as mashgichat kashrut? As mashgichat kashrut? There's machloket in that. Ramoshe, in Yoreda Abet, Siman Memdaled, was asked about this very question. He says that there was an almana, she lost her husband, who was a mashgich, and this was the parnasa. Now, after her husband passed away, and she has expenses of the house, children, she wants to keep his job as a mashgir kashrut. Can she keep the job as a mashgir kashrut? Says Rav Moshe, This is Moshe permits it, but under those conditions. First of all, Yishat Snuah, Virat Hashem. So she has Yirat Shamayim, what we spoke before, we said Yirat Shamayim. Vichachama unevona. The second thing that we said, she's Chachama enevona. Second thing was what? She needs to know the Alachot. If she doesn't know the Alachot, of course, she's, you come to get a job, and you don't, you, you come to apply for a job. What do you want to be? You want to be an engineer. You come to the job, and you, 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 you come meet the, the, the boss, and he tells you, give me your resume, talk to me first, let's talk. So tell me about your past. Oh, don't worry about it. I was working as a manager in a school. And then I was working as, uh, as, as, as a salesman in a store. What's your echut to hear? You, have, you don't have the tools to know what's going on over here. It's not something that you can... It's not for you at all. So over here, she has to be chachama She has to know the business. And thirdly, ba'alat achrayut. She has responsibility. All the three things that we mentioned before. And Ramoshe goes to explain the Bishat Hak you could be Matir, and not everybody agrees with Ramoshe. There's Rav Menashe Klein that says not like him, there's other Puskim that don't agree. But this was Ramoshe Feinstein. So Ramoshe Feinstein was Matir. But under those things that we're explaining right now, if she's Mashgirch in your house, which we said that it's much more strict. It's much more strict also for many other reasons because the mashgich, you know, mashgich also has that aspect of, of fear. It's called mirtat, which means the, the people that he's looking over also has mirtat. They have fear. That's his purpose, to, to, to bring fear to the place, seriousness to the place. Because you have goim working, and they could make mistakes, and they don't care to make mistakes, and sometimes they get an interest to make mistakes. He cuts corner, they don't have to work as hard, they don't have to check so much. They let it go. So Mashgiach is there to show that if you don't, you're fired. Not getting paid. But a Mashgiach also has to have some kind of fear like that from the boss. The Ashgachah that's on top of him. Because if he doesn't do the job correctly, so the Ashgachah on top of him will get back to him. And the Ashgachah on top of him also have fear. Who do they fear? Well, if you fear Hashem, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. Because Chachamim say... That If we rely on somebody that fears Hashem, take it with a lot of precaution. But they fear who? They fear the customer. 
Because if the customer knows that this is a wishy-washy ashgacha, you're out of business. You go now to the, to, to the reforms, to be a mashgach over there. So everybody has, the customer is feared from Hashem. He doesn't have to go by with ashgacha. He has the ashgacha, he has the fear from Hashem. But we see over here that such a thing would work if you have the, 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 the what we call mirtat. That's why it's, it works with when you don't have any problems in a place, you could be nichnas ve'yotze, which means you come in and you could go out. You come in, you go out, and you see what's happening. And people know that you can come in any second, so they behave, they do the right things. That's the way ashgacha works. Unless you see a person already made mistakes, so then the ashgachot will put mashgiach midi. You stay here, the mashgiach, and you watch all time. We don't, we don't let you go out. That's it. You stay here. So now let's go back. Let's go back to what I told you before. Kafachim says that you have a wife that Yirachamayim, but on the other hand, the husband is such a person that's called a chashud. You hear that? As long as the wife, which is the mashgia, she's Yirachamayim, you can go there. Why? Bat chaver or eshet chaver shenisul la'amaretz harem bechizkat kashrut at shechashdu. This is Gemara in Avodas Zara Lametet. As long, even though she's married to Amaretz, but as long as she still has the Cheskat Kashrut, you can eat in her house, no problem. I, the husband, is such, you see, that you're sitting with him. He doesn't care about anything, but she does. You can eat. You see the, the level that a wife holds, that as long as she's not nichshedet, as long as we don't have suspicion on her, beautiful, excellent. You can eat by her house. And this is what, listen to this, Ophaim Falaji says in Ruach Haim, They go, people that are Shamaim, rabbis, they go to eat by a chashud lechol. He does, he, you see him eating by non-kosher restaurants. They come to his house and they eat by his house. Eh. If he doesn't eat kosher himself, you're going to eat kosher in his house? Is that possible? Says the says the Ruach, it's permitted. You know when you can rely on this? If you know the wife. Sometimes the husband is a nobody. But the wife, good enough. From all this that we learn, and there's much, much, much more. You have to know that the mitzvah of Talmud Torah that we explain, that's why a woman says the beracha. The brachot of Talmud Torah. Why she says the brachot of Talmud Torah? The poskim explain it's because she's obligated to learn those mitzvot that apply to her. It's a, you have over here the obligation to learn and know and to uh, apply whatever you know. You have a responsibility to have the irachamayim that we explain, and you have the responsibility to be responsible. Yes. But, uh, so what about the? Uh idea of the fact that women are easily persuaded as the Torah holds, that they're easily persuaded. So who's going to persuade them more than a husband that doesn't care? Right. About right. right. This concept was said not in Ilchot Kashrut. So the sometimes that sometimes the, the Yetzirah is so strong also for men. We found that even Gdolea Dor, the Gemara was speaking about Gdolim Sheba Gdolim, that sometimes in certain things, the Yetzirah comes in so strong, full force, that they could be, they could fall. Mm-hmm. 
but it wasn't said on Yilchot Kashrut that you don't have such a Yetzirah. It's a certain laziness. A certain laziness. When you have a responsibility, you have to put yourself together and know that the laziness should be put to the side and you have to do what's, what you have to do. Any more questions? Ooh, I'm scared. Um, the, the lady who's running a the question was the, 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 the Not running Ashkacha. Yes, she's not running Ashkacha. There's, there's an aspect of Srara that Rav Moshe speaks about. Can you be, can you apply Srara to a woman? That's a, another question. But Hashgacha, to be a Mashgicha, to see that everything is done correctly, that's, and we see that Halacha Lemaseh, and telling you again, every woman is a mashgicha in her, in her own house. So that applies to every... Every woman is a mashgichat kashrut. And she has to know what she's buying, what she's bringing home, how she's cooking it, what utensils she's using, what's the, what the oven that she has, what's the, and how she feeds it on the table. Sometimes you put it in the table, you're already messing things up. You put meat on something that's dairy. You put meat... For one child, and you give cereal to the other child, it's on the same table. That's not allowed. You have to know how to... On Shabbat, so many different halachot. If you don't know, you can't be a mashgiach kashrut. If you can't be a mashgiach kashrut, go eat by somebody else until you know the laws. The Mishnah Burah says, why is it that whatever you don't know, you say she'akol? He says the Mishnah Burah, of course you don't say she'akol if you don't know what the bracha is or something. If you don't know, go and learn what it is. When do you say shakol? When you when, when after you investigated and you asked and everything and you found that you don't there's no answer to this question, which means you did your your best to your ability. Or if you live in a long in in, in in a deserted island without a phone to call anybody and you don't know what's the bracha, only then. But if you have the ability to find out, don't eat. Don't eat. Stay hungry. Go find out. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.